You're listening to Cards to the Moon, a podcast about trading cards from both a collector and investor perspective. We hope you'll stick around for the ride as we take a deep dive into the state of the hobby, share some hot takes, hopefully some useful advice and fun stories along the way. Hey all, welcome back to Cards to the Moon. And if this is your first time tuning in, you're listening to a good one because it is our 100th episode. My name is Clark from Five Card Guys on Instagram and fivecardguys.com. And with me co-hosting since episode one is Hyung of Integrity Sports Cards and John who is Trade You at Recess. So off the top, I wanted to ask my co-host, did you think we'd be doing this podcast when we started it back in January of 2021 for this long? And and how would you describe this podcast journey so far? Honestly, I for me, I don't think I even thought this far that we would be done a year. Uh, but it did right. fly. It the, the the main thing that I like about this, and I I encourage everybody in the hobby just start your own podcast and see if you mm. get a following because. What it does is it engages you in the hobby. It keeps you, you know, educated. It keeps you motivated. It keeps you, you know, informed so that you can make better decisions. So it kind of like there are times when I obviously get busy with, you know, regular life and stuff like that. But then it it forces you to kind of like study and kind of like say, okay, what are what's on your buy list now? And, you know, what releases are coming up? And then you're if you're someone who likes to rip like me, obviously, you know, that's a that's kind of like um you know a big deal so it works perfectly for for me and i enjoyed this run so far you know it's it doesn't even feel like it's uh i guess it's um you know something that we have to spend a lot of time doing it's kind of like we we meet tuesday talk about cards and clark you you do a good job you know uh, setting up you know uh the questions kind of like on a on a tee for us so yeah. it's been awesome just being able to just talk sports and through that we've been able to even communicate with outside um you know lo- loyal hobbyists who mm-hmm. share the same vision or same kind of like kind of um joy in the hobby i guess so it's yeah it's been nothing but positives obviously a uh, hundred episodes is a lot of a lot of content but you know <laughs> maybe uh you know one day we'll look back and and see how outdated our 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 takes were in <laughs> <laughs> in, we could do more we could years. do more dead wrong segments yeah, it's all good sure. you know it's not about being right or wrong it's all about you know the journey the right entire so. 2022 dead wrong exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah for sure i yeah. agree um, and this continues to just be such a humbling experience you know like we're just a bunch of dudes like everybody else in the hobby <laughs> that loves to talk cars and that's all we're doing you know and the fact that people are listening and we're getting people with really positive comments from all over the states, all over the world is is incredible. It's not something that, you know, yeah. like it's not real until you see the comment and where it's coming from. And you're like, wow, that's that's pretty incredible that this person is saying I listen all the way from Australia. You guys are doing a great job. All of that. Yada, yada, yada. So humbling experience. And then this was the first time going to the Toronto Expo where um just starting up random conversations with people and they would be talking about a oh, podcast that they listen to or a podcast that they do as well. And I'd be like, Oh, I'll check it out. You know, like check out mine. 
Um, hmm. You know, I do it with a couple of guys. We do Cards of the Moon. He goes, oh, I listen to your podcast. You know, like I ran into a couple of people that yeah. were like, oh, I listened to it already. Like, it's, you guys have a great podcast. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I, I can't believe you listened to it. That's, that's pretty amazing. So I think <laughs> this, this was the first time where I started to get to experience like connecting with people in the hobby uh, rather than just our buddies like in our group chat. Um, so that was, that was right. pretty cool. So it's, it's been, um, yeah, it's been a pretty, pretty fun ride. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, like you said, all the kind comments and the feedback that, you know, we get, you know, even just looking at our customer reviews on Apple podcasts, I think the latest one a couple of weeks ago was from Rob Oregon. Thanks for your comments saying that we're knowledgeable and fun. So, you know, um, he says three Canadian guys with great camaraderie, down to earth, funny, informative, and learning as they go, just like many of us new collectors. And I think that pretty uh, summarizes what we're trying to do. So that's great that that he mm. sees what we're trying to do. You know, we're learning as we go, like he said, and we just like talking about the hobby and and um, you know, like both of you said, just meeting people in real life at the Sports Card Expo and even uh, within our the city of Toronto where we live just connecting with people and um, having them already listen to our podcast is definitely a humbling experience. And um, it just makes it more fun. We just realize that we're not in a silo. We're not doing this by ourselves. There's a lot more hobbyists and a lot more collectors that are out there still. Even even as we talk about the bear market, there are still people in it just enjoying the hobby for what it is. And that's why we're going to continue to do it into 2023. And uh, yeah, we just uh, are optimistic that things will turn around, of course, uh, along with the rest of the economy. But, um, but yeah, still fun for me. And I think that's what... Um, uh, makes it easy to be consistent with the hobby just meeting weekly because there's always something to talk about and you're doing with a couple of friends and and just seeing all the dms too like you know um there's so many dms that we get about um our podcast that's just this good positive feedback so we appreciate you guys there too so lots of fun and uh i think we said this when we hit 50 episodes um and we said let's go for another 50 so let's go for another 100 and we'll look back at 200 episodes and i'm sure we'll be further along with a lot more content and uh we'll probably evolve as well in terms of what we what we talk about and how we produce things so i'm really looking forward to that so actually to mark this 100th episode we have a little something for one lucky podcast listener um if you're a loyal listener, you would remember in last week's episode, we talked about the 2022 Topps Chrome Baseball set and what we thought of the Topps MVP buyback program. Well, we picked up one blaster box. There was only a few left at Walmart. And now we're going to give it away to one podcast listener so they can hopefully hit a judge or a Goldie, get that store credit for the for their <laughs> LCS probably have better luck than us. You know, we've only had one or two <laughs> amongst amongst us, but it's really simple to enter. Just follow us on Instagram at cards to the moon, all one word. Uh, subscribe to our podcast, of course, wherever you listen to your podcast. Look for the contest Instagram post, which will put up on the same day this episode airs. So this will be next Tuesday of this recording. And all you need to do is just like the post, tag one hobby friend, and that's it. We'll announce the winner in next week's episode, which will be episode 101. All right. I think that's pretty straightforward. Look for the contest post on Instagram and and just enter there. So good luck to everyone who enters. And thank you again so much for being a loyal podcast listener. We hope you share this pod with your friends too. And we look forward to bringing you more hobby content for the rest of 2022 and into 2023. All right, let's move on now to our weekly segment we call Hobby Headlines. 
So on Friday's episode, we looked at some pretty big cards that were sold for significantly lower than what it sold for a year ago during the hobby hype. But today, I wanted to do the opposite. I picked out a few players who have seen a positive trend in their card values over the past year. And this is based on data from the Card Ladder Player Index, which takes an aggregate of the player's key cards and monitors the sale prices of those cards over time, okay? So these players I'm about to name have seen a pretty significant increase in their general card value over the past year. And it'll be obvious why once you hear their names. So for this segment, you guys tell me if you would look to get their cards now, thinking it can still go up, or whether you think you've kind of missed the boat um, on their cards already, and, and you're just moving on to another player, all right? So let's start off with um, Shea Gilgis Alexander. We know he's really killing it in the NBA. His card value index has increased over the past year by 62%. I think I think for Shea, um, and we, we're all uh, SGA fans, you know, um, uh, yeah. before, and I think his talent is really starting to shine here. So I think there was a correction in the other way that needed to happen. And we are mm-hmm. waiting for that correction last year. But uh, obviously, he's, he's um, you know, averaging over 30, third in the league in scoring. So uh, that kind of helps his price. And that's why you're seeing that 62% bump, in my opinion. Um, yeah. And I think there's still opportunity to grow on some of his cards because he was so cheap at one point. Um, he was in that kind of like third year, fourth year uh, before when we were talking about it in 2020, 2021. Now he's, you know, uh, entering, I, I believe, his sixth or, or so year where, you know, he's put up some serious numbers and he might be a good buy uh, to pick up some of his cards in terms of like uh, the value stuff. I remember seeing a light blue uh, select, you know, it was a concourse. Mm-hmm. PSA 10 selling for 200 bucks, you know, for, for a numbered card of uh, a, a guy that uh, caliber, you know. So um, yeah. obviously I don't think you're going to expect a lot of gain off of that at the same time. I just think there was a correction that needed to happen. And that correction is uh, trending upward, but always in a bull, um, a bearish market, you got to be careful. You know, it's not that the card prices are going up; it's just you, you just see a lot of correction going all around in terms right. of the hobby. So for me, SGA is uh, is a buy. I think he's uh, there's great opportunity where you could get some rare stuff for fairly cheap, and just you know, if if you're a fan, just enjoy. And I think in in general, his prices will trend upwards in the long term. So. That's uh, kind of where I see it with uh, SGA. Good points. His player index has gone up 62% over the past year, and I bet you that 62% has been in like the past 30 days (laughs) because that's how how hot this guy's been. Um, We, like Hyung said, we're all, as as Canadians, we all love SGA. Um, He's on top of my list of a lot of PC cards. Uh, as a on the Canadian side, if you live in Canada, I think SGA is you can't go wrong because when you go to these, especially when you go to like the expo, SGA cards trade like hot hockey cards. Like it's very very liquid. So we're kind of in a very uh, unique and um, we're in a good position, right? Uh, versus some of our you know our our neighbors down south. But SGA, <clears throat> I don't know. I think. Um, I'm you guys know me. I'm huge on him, and he's he's showing. I think people were a bit 
more down on him because he's on a team that's, you know, quote unquote, not going to win anytime soon, just basement dwelling. He's going to get lost in the shuffle, but he's just playing so good that he's rising above all of that negativity and clearly making a name for himself. So I think this is the time if you have him, I would, to be honest, I'm still big on him, but I'd probably take a a bit of it. I'd probably take advantage of the bump that's happening right now. Because Shea is one of those guys, he's going to settle down again, and people are going to be like, uh, you know, look at the Thunder, they're they're garbage, and, you know, he's, yeah, he's dropping 30, but he's been dropping 30 for two years straight now, nothing different, and it's <laughs> going to start to calm down again. So I think take advantage of the bump right now if you have him, and then if you're, if you're like us, and you PC him, and you, you, you enjoy his cards, I think you can get back into him uh, either later in, later into the lull of the season or into the off season. So that's, yeah. that's probably what I'm planning on doing. Um, yeah. Okay. And, and also to remember, Shea Gilgis is one of these guys that get injured very easily. So mm-hmm. even though he's on this hot streak, let's say he gets injured for 20 games, I think that could really kind of crater his value. So just something oh, to yeah. keep in mind. Okay. Yeah. Good points too. Um, I used to have a Shea Gilgis, like the origins autograph mm-hmm. card, um, bought it for like 35 bucks. And then I sold it for like 80 uh, I think I could get it for like a couple hundred now. So I have a personal bias. I can't buy back in because <laughs> I sold it for too cheap. Um, but then when Hyung was talking, I'm like, wow, his cards aren't that super expensive. Despite super cheap. How yeah. he's playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like his um, Prism Signatures um, is like a few hundred dollars. I thought it would be a lot right. more, you know? Um, even his Silver Prisms, PSA 10s, is not that right. much. They haven't moved that um, crazy. It's going to... Yeah, it's just, it's just gradually gone up, you know? And I guess it's in comparison to cards that have just dropped off the cliff. It makes yeah. it look like his cards have increased even more, but it's just a gradual increase, um, you know? doesn't matter that it's a bear market. So that's how well he's playing. Um, so I'm like, eh, maybe I'll go buy back. And then I heard John talk, and then he talked about how crappy the <laughs> OKC Thunder was and probably how. So I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm selling now. So if John talked first and then Hyung talked, I would probably side with Hyung. So I'm just being influenced by the last person who talked. And um, I'm going to go with John on this. <laughs> the the offseason will see a dip, and then maybe that's a good time to pick one up. <laughs> All right. Uh, second basketball player, and then we'll move to another sport. Our, our friend Brian Dennison, a.k.a. Cajun Cardboard, was high on this guy before the season started, and he was bang on. Anthony Simons, right. his card value has increased 420%. Wow. Yeah, and it's right. probably because it started much lower than even Shea, obviously. Right. Um, you know, he's, what, 25 points per game now, up from 17 last year and up from 7 the year before that. So he's right. seen really good progress in uh, his development so what are you doing with Anthony I'm I'm definitely a sell on Anthony uh, especially if uh, SGA is you know like this is the exact perfect example it's like where where are Simon's prices compared to SGA in terms of and then what has you know um, SGA done in the league and what does he have to do so I I could see you know Simon's uh, received a huge bump especially after you know, not being an impact player and kind of uh, floating in the behind the scenes the last few years before last season. So, yeah. um, you know, his gradual, obviously, you know, going from seven points a game to 17 to 25 now is uh, is showing that bump. So I'm a sell on Simons. But yeah, Brian from uh, uh, Cajun Carbone was spot on. It's like if you mm-hmm. bought into him before the season, I think there was great opportunity to to cash out right now and, you know, take the profits. 
Brian, if you're listening, sell it all. <laughs> I think I he saw, still I, has a stack, but yeah. I, yeah, I think I, he, he posted like a an image of just some of the cards he had. I, I swear that he owns the entire population of all Anthony Simon cards out there. <laughs> That's pretty incredible. <laughs> but due to... Man, so I, yeah. I honestly, I was... You know, when he was on the show and he was talking Anthony Simons, I wasn't... I'm not a big believer... Uh, if to be honest, but man, this kid is lights out the last 20 games. Um, he is a three point specialist, man. He's playing basically like Clay Thompson, like he's he's killing it right now. So, I don't, I really don't know enough about him to know exactly what his long term is. But Brian obviously knows he follows him very, very closely, uh, even from like the junior days. So, he knows exactly what talent he's staring at. But, um, from a, from a general point, you know, from coming from somebody that doesn't know Simons that well, I would probably think like Young and be like, okay, let's take advantage of this bump right now um, and sell off a probably like a, if you have a big collection, sell off a good portion of it. But yeah, Brian would know better. Okay. Yeah. I'll defer to Brian as well, but if I had to choose right now, I'm, I'm with you guys. I think it's also a team thing. Portland started really hot and now there are just a couple of games over 500. And I think that the, you know, the Trailblazers really have a hard time breaking through um, in the West. So I'm not a huge believer in the Trailblazers making it deep into the playoffs if they make it into um, the top 9, 10 seeds uh, to get in. So, um, so yeah. And I think there's just a lot of other flashier uh, rookies that are going to take the spotlight at some point throughout the league. And, right. and uh, I'd rather probably spend my profits from uh, selling Simon's cards now um, on, on those players. Okay, uh, I have one football player, Jalen Hurts, 99% increase. Obviously, the Eagles are killing it. Um, this is probably the third time we're bringing him up in this podcast. And each time, like, sell, 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 and he just keeps performing. At what point do you like, do you say, like, okay, I got to get one of his cards at least? <laughs> at no point. <laughs> <laughs> Not at these prices. Well, for me, it's like if you want to, if, if, if you want to, like, uh, take a chance at Philly, you know, taking it all. And I yeah. think you're going to see a huge like opportunity there, but that's given that you know Jalen Hurts you know brings home some brass and you know he's been winning, which is a very very good sign. Uh, but like like I said, this is his first big season, and there's still a lot of you know career left in him. So if you're thinking long term with Jalen Hurts, uh, there's there's a lot of I think uh, risk when it comes to it, and I think there's if unless he wins a Super Bowl. I think his prices are going to tank in the off season. There, you, if you if you want to get into a Jalen Hurts in the off season, I think uh, that's the time to do it. But I think there's a lot of hype around him, and I mean they've been killing it. They've been literally like the Eagles look really good, um, mm-hmm. and Jalen Hurts is you know playing lights out too. So uh, yeah, I think he's a sell at this point, or even like waited a bit if you if you have him. I think. Uh, you know, selling, see if, uh, how, how playoff football goes. And, you know, if he could, uh, make a good run, I think there's going to be a good opportunity to profit there, but I don't think it's definitely not a buy. Look at Burrow Herbert, you know, from last year, just in general, and their prices are astronomical, right? So Jalen Hurts mm. even has opportunity compared to like the Hurts and Burrow comparison, because I thought they were way overpriced, whereas Jalen Hurts is not as overpriced. Because it took him a couple years um, or a couple seasons, so I think on some cards there might be opportunity. You just have to look, but on on your main cards, 
you know, um, like your, I guess it would be like your NTs and stuff like that, where, you know, they're, I think they're super overpriced. There might be opportunity in the, in the lower end stuff, like the optics and, you know, um, the selects and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, that's my, my two cents on that. Okay. I have to imagine Jalen Hurts is an MVP conversation, probably him and Mahomes. I'm going to guess. Um, <clears throat> you know what? Just knowing how volatile football is, I would probably, yeah, I think if MVP conversations within the next five weeks start to, to really look like it's going in, in Hertz's favor, I would probably look to take advantage and sell. Like, be ready to pounce to sell within the next couple of weeks, especially if he starts putting up two or three really monstrous performances right before the season ends. And then pretty much, you know, it looks like he's going to be at like in a 50, 50 dog race or even like a favorite to win the MVP. I'll probably look to sell. I mean, like, look at just the history of how volatile football is, like how good Patrick Mahomes is. And because he went back to back, you know, Super Bowl appearances and he didn't end up winning it. Like his cards start to come down, right? Like even though just he's been that incredible, still his cards still came down. So I think, for people like Hertz, and we talked about it, like Burroughs, Burroughs and uh, the Justin Herberts of the world, where there's sort of hype that's built in, I think uh, you got to kind of wait a couple of years. So if you can take, if you have the Hertz cards now, I think for me, I would, I would watch the next couple of weeks and look, look to, to sell. Yeah, I got to triple down on my conviction to not buy in. So I'm, I'm, I'm selling. <laughs> if I still have it, I'm selling. And, um, He's one of the guys that can make me look really, really silly yeah. by the end of the year. You know, like if he wins the Super Bowl, if he wins the MVP, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll look like an idiot. So I'm, I'm playing the odds. You know, it's hard to win a Super Bowl. I looked at the Super Bowl odds. Um, the Eagles started at plus 4,000. They're at plus 550 now. So they're wow. third. They're still behind the Bills and the Chiefs, but not by much. So, you know, they've made certain, they made a lot of big strides in, um, and they got a shot. The way they're playing, you know, they got a shot. But at this point, I can't, you know, buy in at the current prices either. So, okay, next one. I got one hockey guy before we go to baseball to wrap up the segment. Connor McDavid, 99.5% increase. If you look at his pattern of his cards, it it starts at a, a certain base level. It goes up and then it dips a little bit. But the base level is right. higher than the previous base level. It goes up dips and then that base level is higher than the previous that's the pattern for Connor mcdavid do you think that keeps on playing itself out and is if that happens then it then it should be a time to buy right because you're expecting yeah, it to right. continually go up i don't know is or is it too expensive now i think i think it it is expensive but i think the way Connor mcdavid is p- playing like like he's he's averaging two points per game like and he's doing this on a consistent level on a you know somewhat you know successful team right so uh yeah i i i like Connor mcdavid and you know his cards are kind of boring to be honest because there's not really options you got his young guns you got his sp authentic auto which are already priced out of a lot of people and then his upper deck you know the cup right so like between those three i think um you know young guns obviously is kind of like the most realistic for a lot of a lot of people and I would monitor those dips like you're saying. You know, I think there's Connor McDavid is always a buying opportunity as long as he's playing. I think uh, you follow that, you know, method of just, uh, 
you know, constantly buying as much as you can in the long term because this guy's this guy's a dude, yeah. man. Like this guy's gonna he is he is the guy, right? So he yeah. is the next Gretzky and um yeah, it's uh it's it's a buy for me for Connor McDavid in terms of kind of like monitoring any, you know, good opportunity or any dip at that point, right? Yeah. So Mm-hmm. Connor McDavid is, um, I think you could definitely, he moves s- seasonally. Like he definitely, you'll see seasonal swings. And the reason why you see seasonal swings is because this kid is consistently elite. He's not one of those kids that, you know, a down year, he scores 85 points and he happens to have a big year and he scores. 100. No, 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 no. This kid is going to drop like 120 points. Like every year, year in year out, he's just one of he is as generational as it gets. This kid is Lionel Messi with skates on. That's that's basically what you're looking at. So <laughs> he's you know his cards will come out, especially during the hype of the beginning of the season. That's where you're gonna see that huge uptick. He comes out most of the times. He scores a hat trick in his first game of the season. Then he drops five points in another game. Then he drops six <laughs> right. points in another game, and his card goes wild. And then you get into the midseason lull where he's still getting hat tricks or he's still getting five points. But it's like ho hum, just it's just McDavid kind of like being McDavid. And his card value starts to like settle down. And then you go into the offseason, it comes down even further, right? So he's just one of those guys going to be consistently elite. He's as a generational of an athlete as you're going to get. Um, so I think if you wanted McDavid, just time one of these lull periods, either, either go for midseason lull. Or definitely go for off season. I know off season is generally harder because, you know, who's going to be spending twenty k on a future watch Conor McDavid on the off season? You're probably going to want to spend that money <laughs> right. on a football player or like a baseball player or something like that, right? So, I know it's difficult, but yeah, if you can time McDavid in in the the cooler months, uh, he is certainly a kid. If you're going to get into hockey at all, or if you're already into hockey, yeah, you got to You have to have a McDavid summer in your collection. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm always on the record for wanting to have a McDavid in my collection and I'm always worried that it's going to be too late at one point if I don't pull the trigger fast. So I'm trying to sell a lot of my current cards, liquidating it to to reinvest into Connor McDavid because, you know, God forbid if Edmonton Oilers wins the Stanley right. Cup and then, then, and then it's, it's yeah, like, okay. It goes to another the, level. The cards that you want, yeah, it's it's just, um, it'll go into stratosphere. And, and um you know, like he's, uh, like you said, John, he's consistently elite. And, and in a funny way, it's boring because he's consistently elite. Yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so yeah, McDavid, I, you know, and when, when all is said and done, if he has a full career, the numbers are going to look ridiculous. You know, I think the numbers are just going to look insane. And then people are going to realize, okay, this guy truly is a generational player. So, yeah, time to dip um, because it won't go down to, you know, the, the previous baseline is just a general positive trend. Uh, you know, one of the more confident guys I, I would invest in for sure in the sports card hobby. Okay, the last two guys, I'm going to put them together because they're both rookies in the same year. Bobby Witt, 79% increase. If you look at his chart, it started pretty low until March, April when the season started and it just jumped super high. And it came all the way down, but not quite. It actually... St- there's a we're talking about a new baseline with McDavid. There's a new baseline uh, set for Bobby Witt, and it's 79% of what it was in November, December of last year. Okay, so it's still up. And then uh, J Rod, of course, is a bit higher at 156% increase, obviously because he won Rookie of the Year. Um, so yeah, Bobby Witt and J Rod. 
for me, I think there's uh, opportunity. Um, obviously, I, I like I like both players uh, a lot. I like Julio a little better, but the problem with Julio is he has that Acuna effect on him, where his hmm. his prices are baked in um, to what he's accomplishing, and I expect him to keep on you know playing the way he's doing. So that's why there's there's that hype. But there's there's been too much of a hype where I think prices are eventually going to come down with Julio. But because Bobby Witt Jr. started so slow, I think there was a major massive correction in terms of his Bowman Chrome autos. And because the release of their rookie cards, both their rookie cards this year, I think there's actually good opportunity, more so with Bobby Witt than Julio Rodriguez in, in the paper stuff. Right in, in or in the even like the flagship stuff like Topps Chrome. I think the Bowman Chrome, everybody was on the hype. You know, Bobby Witt Jr. was a big time prospect. Now that he's here, um, you know, and there's more options for cards. You know that Bowman Chrome looks less desirable in my opinion. And I think there's it, it's so lopsided with Bobby Witt where I think in like I think uh, for Topps update, uh, you could buy you could get like a, there was a, a Independence Day for like. 525 or best offer like to me it's like bobby witt jr didn't he he didn't have a terrible season last year he still stole 30 bags hit 20 home runs you know and that's after struggling and hitting like a buck whatever he did in the first month uh and a bit so i think julio rodriguez is a little different because all his prices are still expensive uh but i'm i'm i might be a buy on bobby witt um in terms of kind of like his flagship stuff uh, I'll watch. I'll monitor his Bowman Chrome stuff, but I think the Bowman Chrome was so overpriced that no matter what he does, it's still going to constantly co- correct itself to where it should have been. So I think there's oper- there's there's a, it's a sell opportunity in terms of the Bowman Chrome. It's a buy opportunity in terms of his flagship if 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 you're going that way. But Julio, I would stay off of a bit until you know uh, maybe there's a slight dip uh, before spring. Otherwise. You see how his uh, season pans out, and then go in after kind of like mid-season on Julio when when the hype of uh, all these card releases are are finished. Yeah, makes sense. I'm gonna stick to my position on first-year players. I, I think the three of us have a bit of a soft spot for baseball, so we might be a little bit clouded in judgment. But I'm gonna say first-year players. I am not touching them. Period. So. I, J-Rod, Bobby Witt, if I had them, I'd probably be selling. Um, and I certainly wouldn't be buying right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to say sell for both. Now, that being said, baseball is slightly different because you got Bowman first and you've had these Bowman first cards that have been kind of marinating in the background um, until the actual like Major League release comes out. So I get it, ba- baseball's a bit different, but I, I'm still going to, these two guys, uh, I still think they're, um, they got that first year hype on them so i'm gonna i'm gonna say sell for both okay that's reasonable too um i'm, I'm aligned with Hyung on the, in this case like if you look at j-rod's um player index it it's uh just increased and then it stayed up at that level and right now it hasn't seen a dip it's still up there because obviously the hype's still there for j-rod and there's high expectations going to next season um so for me like those guys it's it's i i I just say I, I've missed a boat on him and I'm, I'm moving on. Um, but I love the charts of like Bobby Witt. You know, they get the initial spike because everyone wants him. I never buy during those spikes because it's obviously inflated. And then 
for one reason or another, you know, they don't perform as well as expected. And it's to be expected because they're all young kids. And then their prices come crashing down. So like his Bowman Chrome um, uh, Rookie Auto PSA 10 sold for like 3,500 during the peak. It's going for a thousand, just over a thousand now. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, that's attractive. If it goes like under a thousand, I might, I might buy one because like, <laughs> if you look at his, if you look at his um, stats, like you said, twenty home runs and thirty steals, like right. that's pretty damn good for a rookie. As a twenty-two year old, yeah, yeah. So I mean, if and and, and and you know, I don't know why, but there's a general sentiment that you know maybe it was because of his slow start, but there's a general sentiment that Bobby Wood didn't have the greatest season. But you look at his stats, it's like. You know, he he did pretty well. So I think if he can take the next step up, you know, 30-30, um, you know, and and uh, really help the Royals, like, I think that has room to grow. So I'm I'm in on Bobby Witt if it dips under 1,000, especially for a Bowman Chrome rookie auto. So, yeah, hopefully all these players continue to perform and, you know, make bigger profits for those investing in their cards. So, um, so yeah. We'll see how they do in, in their uh, respective seasons. All right, let's move on to a segment we've been doing somewhat regularly. We call it Overrated, Underrated. And this week's theme is Parallels and Refractors. And we've done this theme before, so this will be part two, okay? If you're listening to the segment for the first time, this is where I just kind of mention, in this case, a parallel or refractor, and you guys tell me if you think it's overrated or underrated. Simple as that. Okay, and the first one, it's going to be, could be slightly controversial, silver prisms for football and basketball, especially in Panini. Do you think it's overrated or underrated? Um, I think it's overrated, but mm. I love silvers. Don't get me wrong. Like, they're one of my favorite parallels. They're overrated. People overpay for them. It's a high pop count. Um, they look good. That's, that's, that's all you're getting. And it's an OG classic. It's not like the ra- refractors before that where, where we fell in love in the nineties and two thousands of like the tops chrome refractors, like, mm-hmm. and, and now the silver prisms with Panini, you know, uh, post 2012. So for me, I think, and a, a lot of the silvers again, uh, even with Panini in two, from 2012 to 2018, those were a lot rare, right? We're t- especially mm-hmm. the 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 younger year prisms, but uh, now I feel like, you know, I I even when I rip blasters, you know, you, you they're not super rare. Uh, you get you get a silver almost every pack, so for me the pop counts get so high. I even was looking at uh, you know some of the prism, even Anthony Simons. Like there's there's a lot there's more prism than base graded. Hmm. Or with yeah, silver, yeah. more silver prisms for Anthony Simons than there there is his base prism, right? Right. All so graded. it's like it's yeah graded, like it's like double the pop count in silvers compared to the bases, right? And obviously, price point matters in that. But I'm just saying, like the the excitement of silver and refractors, you know, I get the hype, but I just think they're super overrated at this point because they're just mass produced. Hmm. Okay. Johnny, I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say overrated too. Um, huh. And you know, we're we're older guys, we're OG. Like, I love refractors. So objectively, without thinking about price, without thinking about pop pop, pop count, I love the original rainbow refractor. Um, so I, I get the appeal. But for anybody new coming to the hobby that doesn't know the history behind Topps Chrome, Topps Finest Refractors and Topps Chrome Refractors, et cetera, et cetera, that eventually morphed into Panini and then Silver Prisms, 
um, they'll be really confused. We've talked about this many times. You look at pricing and then you look at uh, Silver Prism and it's the most common, but it's super expensive. And then you get into like <laughs> Hyper Prism, which is, not, which is a lot more rare, but it's not worth as much. You get into Green Prisms, which is way more rare, but it's not worth as much. So it's just very confusing to a newcomer to be like, why the heck is Silver Prism this very common sort of parallel probably the most common the most expensive right it doesn't it's one of those hobby logic exactly a hobby logic thing right so i think because it's a hobby logic thing i mean it, it obviously could hold up it's not you know it's not like nothing against the pricing or anything but i think um for what it is it's pro it's overrated okay mm. i'm surprised i thought one of you would definitely say underrated <laughs> because it's a hobby logic thing and you know like you love the look of silvers so I thought I would get you, but it's going to be an overrated sweep for sure. Um, you know, I have a Luca Silver Prism, and that that you know, it's in a way it could be seen as underrated because it hasn't really tanked like all the other parallels. Silver's kind of held up its own. Um, and it has liquidity. So versus, let's say, like a green or something. Very like that. liquid. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, very liquid. So, but at the same time, for all the reasons you mentioned, um, you know, hobby logic thing, it, it's definitely overrated. So I might actually try to sell my silver <laughs> having this discussion. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Johnny, you mentioned hyperprism. That's the next thing on our list. Hyperprisms. Uh, overrated or underrated? I think super underrated. Um, I think uh, based on their pop counts, just looking at Luca, you know, PSA 10 silver in a Luca um, was uh, pop 2000 uh, plus, and then silver in a Luca hyperprism, or sorry, uh, Prices on a Hyperprism Luca PSA 10 um, or sorry, pop count was 92, right? So right. for me, you know, based on the pricing, they're very similar. I, I haven't checked hyper pricings lately in the Silvers and Lucas, but I think for what you're getting, um, I think it's a great looking card. It's like uh, the Prism Refractors in, in Topps Chrome. So uh, yeah, they're, they're great looking cards and it's something different than base and a little more rare than silver. So I think um, there's a lot of value in it in terms of where they usually sit in terms of price point. So I'm, I'm going uh, underrated for hyper prisms. Nice. And to your point, the last one sold for Luka Doncic hyper prism PSA 10, 1675 wow. pop count 99, 99 compared okay. to a 2000 plus pop count for a silver prism which sold for about 1900 2000 yeah oh you're giving away my secret secret <laughs> buy so i have been watching luca hyper prisms following it for for quite a while um probably over two years now mm -hmm. um, i always thought it was underrated so i'm gonna say hyper prism is certainly very underrated and um you know, I when the hobby start going crazy back in early 2021, I think Hyper finally kind of got recognized because of the pop count. It started to pull away from Silver. But we're now at a position now where it's kind of fallen back to the similar pricing to the Silver, which doesn't make sense to me. I think the pop count and Hyper. So for for those that don't know, the Hyper prism is that sort of like uh, what what shape is that like a parallelogram like a it's like a chevron yeah kinda. yeah yeah it's it's kind of like yeah. that pattern and for one reason or another and this is also goes with the the tops chrome prism it's the same pattern right but for right. some reason for every grading company it's a tough very tough grade we're talking like 10 percent gem rate and i don't know what it is exactly when you look at the card i i personally think it's because the design 
there's a bit of a break in some of the cards where you see like a big black line that goes across and i'm like okay that's probably it because there's there's like a printing error in the way the the prism design goes down um but then i look at some of the luca hyper prism psa 10s and they all have that black line so i don't really (laughs) understand why that design in particular across panini and tops chrome is such a difficult grade but that makes it very under underrated because it's a fairly common um parallel card but when you get into the gem rates it becomes pretty rare so yeah underrated yeah yeah i another one of those hobby logic things for me but i love the look of hyper prisms and i don't know why they're as cheap as they are relatively speaking mm-hmm. so uh, I'm, I'm aligned with you guys very very underrated okay i'm gonna go with one more and this is mostly for baseball the shimmer refractors right you see the orange and red shimmers and they're all equally numbered with the true reds um, but significantly cost less than those i i'm personally like i don't love the shimmers to be honest but i still think they're underrated like there's Mm -hmm. no reason why an orange shimmer should like not sell like a a a a higher pop uh, gold or you know what uh, i mean yeah right, right but that's what you see is you see so many um people that like the true refractors which i'm a right. huge fan of like to me if those are properly rated you know shimmers are definitely underrated in terms of the value they they demand but mm. um yeah i'm not at the same time i'm not a huge fan i would say like i i but i do think they're underrated still okay yeah all right I don't know where I sat on this one. I'm going. Mm, I think I'm going to go the opposite direction. I think I understand what Hyung's saying, and I, I actually wanted to say the same thing. That's that they're underrated, but I'm going to say overrated. And mm. I don't know how much they're overrated because I think shimmers have corrected quite a bit. Uh, really come down in value compared when you ratio them to the true. But I think in the current market, as we get into this, you know, we're in the ultra modern uh, space and we continue to go forward. I think with all these crazy different parallels coming out, it's just yeah. going to put some such a bigger spotlight on the original true colors that I feel like these shimmers were just going to go to the wayside. Whatever other parallel there is, wave, shimmer, yeah. blah, 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 <laughs> is just going to start to fall to the wayside. And I think everybody's going to start to really hone in on trues. So for that, the fact that Shimmer is still holding up now, I think as we move forward and these more parallels come out, yeah, I'm going to say overrated. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say overrated too because um, I get the argument where people say orange shimmers and true orange, they're both numbered to 25. The scarcity is the same. So why would the true orange um, cost more than, or significantly cost more in some cases than the orange shimmer? But to me, the orange shimmer is it's like a made-up parallel. Like, right. what's to say? What's to say? Tops or Panini won't come out with orange zigzag next year or orange wavy lines. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. they could, and they say, "Oh, it's number twenty-five, but we're making more parallels." I could see that potentially happening. I don't know if Fanatics taking over will not do that, or you know, if that's something they're aware of. Who knows? But but it's a possibility. So I'm going to say, the the non-true refractors just generally tend to be overrated in my opinion all right um i'm sure we could do a part three for uh this overrated underrated segment because there's so many different parallels so many different refractors out there so we'll revisit this again in a future overrated underrated segment 
Okay, uh, to wrap up this show, we will go to our regular weekly segment we call Pick One. And as usual, I'm going to throw it to Hyung to kick things off. All right. Um, I'm going to keep it base, basic, actually, talking about this whole orange shimmer and whatnot, and if it's a real parallel or not. Um, <laughs> completely disagree because there's some monster cards that are in shimmers. Sure, sure. <laughs> that, that that we're missing out here. You guys can't. There, <laughs> do you guys? I, do you guys see that the red Acuna, Bowman Chrome Red BGS oh, yeah. Black yeah. Label? Somebody oh, yes. flew to pick nice. up somebody uh, the red shimmer to, to buy that thing. Yeah, insane wow. card. And I there's nothing raw shimmer more for me. Like that thing is absolutely <laughs> gorgeous. So take it, just take yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, on that topic, you know, I'm gonna say, would you guys rather? Um, you know, uh, well, let's talk Bowman Chrome specifically. You're in prospect, and you have a nice monster uh, potential prospect. Would you rather have a PSA 10 orange number, true orange number to 25, mm-hmm. or would you have a PSA 10 true gold number to 50? Okay, let's just say the pop counts are somewhat similar. There's a little more rarity, obviously, in the orange, but by not too much. Right, PSA tens mm. are still hard to come by. Would right. you rather the true gold out of fifty or a true orange out of twenty-five in terms of a Bowman Chrome? I think I'm going gold, man. I, I, over the last twelve months, gold has started to really. That word has. I mean, not even twelve months. It's been a while, but uh, you know, talking about shimmer and talking about how things are going to start to get lost in the shuffle, I think gold is going to start to become the winner of the parallel cards doesn't matter what the the serial numbering is obviously i think true true orange will always continue to be higher but you never know in the future like let's say we're looking at a lens uh five years from now ten years from now um it's again we're talking about hobby logic hobby could just turn on it and be like yep gold is the chase card like that is the chase and even though it's numbered more than orange it could become greater so i think uh I would try. I would put my money on gold, long term, um, being worth more. But yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. For me, it's simple math. Twenty five is less than fifty, therefore it's <laughs> more scarce than the gold. And I think, in terms of your argument about like you know whether um, collectors will turn on the different colors that are not gold, I think there's a canon. There's like a orange, red. Gold, blue, green. That's in the canon of refractors. True. You know, it will not lose value over time. That's It'll my stay opinion. Consistent. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I, I'm sticking well. with true orange over true gold. If it was an orange shimmer, that's a harder, <laughs> that's a harder question for me to answer. But uh, I might go over true gold in that case. But uh, because it's true orange, I'm I'm going with uh, with that. Man. I keep going back and forth with this, to be honest, because I I was in the boat that I used to really like true orange. I think there's something about orange that just pops. Mm-hmm. But we said it earlier in 2022 that like something about gold refractors are just mm-hmm. kind of like the classic. And I think I'm actually going to go gold in this instance yeah like i I can't believe i'm saying it but (laughs) as of right now like i i just love love 
gold refractors, true gold. I just think that they there's something to it, um, and I think just the the desirability for the price point compared to an orange is a lot higher. I think there's people that necessarily don't like orange whereas a lot of people all people are on gold like gold is kind of like the the standard and don't get me wrong this is like close because i go back and forth all the time (laughs) i have no problem owning any true orange psa 10 (laughs) autos of you know some prospects so but in this situation i think i'm gonna go go gold uh tomorrow next next week it could be orange but (laughs) as of right now today i'm going gold all right, it's all good. I'll take all the profits for myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Johnny, you're next. All right, let's go, boys. So in honor of the Luca, when we talked about the Luca um, one-of-one logo man that sold for 3.2 or 3.1 or whatever it was, and a lot mm-hmm. of obviously a lot of people are like, why would you spend all that money on Luca? He's not proven, yada, yada, yada. So let's put it to a smaller test. So I'm going to go... Uh, 2018 Prism Luca Blue Ice PSA 9 versus the iconic 1980 Tops Rookie Bird Magic Dr. J PSA 9. Um, the last Bird Magic just sold recently for 12k. The last uh, Blue Ice PSA 9 sold earlier in the summer for 14. So I would imagine. Uh, it, if it were to sell today, it'd probably be in and around 12K as well. So we're going to, for the sake of argument, they're both 12K. Which one are you picking? Is it the, is Blue Ice number to 99? Number to 99. It is. Blue Ice. Oh, it's that a, card it's is a pretty, so nice. It's a pretty grail card in, in the Lucas. I just think it's a, it's a little overpriced. That's the problem, but I like it so much. And it used to be more expensive, I, I assume. Right? So I think that that card is way overpriced um man but i do like gambling and i do like modern <laughs> cards so i i like relevancy i like that's why you know what like it's kind of like in business like real estate or in life in general real estate ends up being the end goal of any investment but then you know during that time you're investing in other stuff to kind of like make that money so i feel like the 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 um was it the the dr j card is a little like kind of like okay when you're ready to kind of like call it call it a hobby and you just want to rest your money in portfolios and and yeah it's kind of like that i'm not there yet i'm (laughs) i'm still on the you know what let's see what this uh this does it when luca you know wins a ring or something like that right so And the blue ice is the color match that everybody wants. It's a it's a grail card that we always talk about. Um, number two ninety nine, super rare. So I'm gonna go Luca blue ice PSA nine, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the point I'm making, right? Like people think that guy with the logo man one of one is is crazy, but he's exactly he's probably thinking exactly like Young is, except scale it by a million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we're talking about millions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this was easy for me. Put me in the crazy camp too. Color match oh. number to ninety nine. <laughs> Luca generational flair. Prism. Yeah, I love it. Luca all the way. And you know the 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 bird magic uh, Doctor J card is classic, yeah, classic. But uh, sure. I saw the podcast. It's still six twenty for PSA nine. So mm-hmm. um, too many reasons to go with the uh, Luca blue ice. Yep, we are uh, suckers for Luca <laughs> on this show, no question. I certainly am as well. 
Uh, I love that bird magic card. I would love to own it one day, but how could you, at this point in your hobby collecting career, how could you turn down a blue ice Luca iconic prism? So, um, I mean, this is the point that I was trying to to highlight again about the logo, man. Like this is, yeah. Like people say people are crazy, but look at the three of us. We're picking the Luca over <laughs> like a very safe, you know, iconic card. Right. So, yeah. True. Point taken. Point made. Yeah. All right. Okay. Last one um, for me. It's a general one too. Really simple. With the World Cup, are you investing in Cristiano Ronaldo rookie cards Ooh. versus Lionel Messi rookie cards? I know we did this one in the past. I feel like it might have been a Ronaldo sweep, and the reason for that was like he just has much more influence over the world. Look at his Instagram followers. You know, way more than Messi. But I just read a Wall Street Journal article. Ronaldo's in a bit of trouble. You know, he was benched today to start the game. And the guy who replaced him scored a hat trick. It looks like it's a, you know, changing of the guard, so to speak. And his uh, issues with Manchester uh, United, um, you know, the article is saying, like, it's hard to see where he goes to any other top-level premier team. He might play in Saudi Arabia in obscurity for the rest of his um, playing career. Mm. Just saying that for Ronaldo, that's that's there's a shadow over his career right now, right? But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, does that yeah. influence you in terms of what you decide now? Well, you kind of influenced me a little bit because <laughs> you know I'm, I've been going back back and forth on this one because I I, I personally think you know I I like Messi better, yeah. um, but in terms of of investment perspective, I I think Ronaldo might have the edge on Messi. In terms mm-hmm. of how people think, so I would just look at it that way. But if it were up to me, because you know I like I like the player, which is the case in this, I'm gonna go Messi. Actually, I think he's a bit younger. He he, they're obviously on the tail end of their career, and they're very head to head in terms of kind of like what they've accomplished individually. But I just think Messi has the edge over Ronaldo as being kind of like the greatest player like or like kind of like better than Ronaldo in terms of when when Messi's playing he's scoring more uh for the time he's you know um when it matters you know right. stuff like that where i just think uh Messi has has is is a better soccer player and Ronaldo has a a, a bigger influence and if sure. if it went down to that yeah i'm still leaning with uh with Messi okay yeah, I, I'm going to switch switch gears from my answer before. Um, this question is is been been a question for the last 10, 15 years. And it really comes down to who you like better, right, from, mm-hmm. a, from a collection standpoint. So for me, I am, of the two guys, I'm way more of a fan to Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo than I am Messi. Huh. But, um, and that's just from a collecting standpoint, um, but when I'm going to pick based on investing standpoint, and I think as these guys are winding down to cur- their careers, there is going to be conversation. And, and to me, these, these two guys are in the top four. Like they're, they're up there for the greatest of all time. But as that conversation starts happening, as these guys wind down their careers, I think Messi's going to have the edge. I think Messi will go down as the greatest of all time. Uh, maybe Pele fans will have something to say about that. But I think, um, because now we're winding down their, their careers and this is going to be the last World Cup for both of them, 
I think that that kind of narrative and that kind of conversation is going to start to pick up. And from an investment standpoint, I think Messi wins because I think he will go down as the greatest of all time, especially between these two. I think Messi is going to have that edge. So it, it makes sense to go after Messi. Yeah. Um, man, I didn't think it would be a sweep, but it's going to be a messy sweep. Um, maybe I shouldn't have done that preamble about Ronaldo. <laughs> I think I was, I was yo, yeah I think I was still going Messi there's yeah. big rumors about him going to Saudi man I mean he's going to get a huge bag yeah. right so it's like just, man just doing it for the money at that point yeah. right but um, you know Messi I, uh, for all your points that you you guys mentioned I agree the one thing I would add is that there's rumors that he might go to Miami play for um, um, in the MLS I guess with oh, really? the Miami FC team so if he Dang. does that He's going to have relevancy in the States. That's going to be big for a hobby, I think. And, Good point. And that'll be a True. great uh, way to end his career. I'd rather play in the States than Saudi, to tell you the truth, if I want to think about my legacy at that point. Um, so if that's true, then that's an um, added bonus for Messi collectors. So I'm going with Messi as well. And personally, I, I like Messi over Ronaldo, actually. So it's an easy one for me. All right, that wraps up episode 100 again we'd like to thank all of our subscribers and listeners if you enjoyed this episode we really appreciate if you give us five stars wherever you listen to your episode leave us a nice comment and feedback and uh yeah we always love reading those and again um thank you so much Uh, we always love doing content for you guys here's to 100 more all right see you next week for a new episode bye hey thanks for listening to cards to the moon We'd really appreciate you subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can also connect with each of us on Instagram at 5cardguys, or you can follow Hyung at Integrity Sports Cards, or John at TradeU at Recess. You can also check us out at 5cardguys.com. Thanks again, and hope to connect soon.